Today is August 30th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer. Welcome in and welcome back. I am so grateful, so glad, so honored, so blessed, so pleased, so delighted that you decided to show up here for another day in the Word of God. Today we are continuing our voyage through the vast seas of wisdom that the Bible offers to us. Now, in today's reading, we're going to get a glimpse into Job's renewed perspective. There's a shift happening. And as we sail back into his narrative, we're going to see Elihu, the young, educated, somewhat cocky theologian, bring a fresh perspective to the table. His advice to Job is basically humble yourself and just submit to God. Now, Elihu is probably more accurate than everyone else in his perception of God and his position, but he is still not totally right either. God is going to get all of them together in a minute. At this juncture, however, Job's journey, once marked by desperation, is now taking a turn, guided by this renewed insight. Today, let's think about how changing our perspective can change our lives. I was writing my peloton yesterday, and during the class, the instructor said, your perspective can be your prison or your power. And I almost stopped pedaling. I was like, ma'am, do you even know what you just said? So y'all already know what the aphorism for today is. And then over in 2 Corinthians, Paul speaks of the treasure of the gospel being held within fragile clay vessels. Our human bodies is what he's talking about. And as we navigate the challenges of life, it's easy to kind of perceive ourselves as fragile, exposed, and vulnerable to the storms of life, especially when it feels like the blows keep coming. And I was sharing with Salisa, who is just a friend of my heart, on Sunday that that's the season that I'm in right now. I just feel like the blows keep coming. And I feel like the timing of Job, as I was sharing with her, the timing of the reading of Job is totally in alignment with what I'm going through. So I'm grateful for that because it is definitely giving me the extra encouragement that I need to get through this season. But within us, regardless of our fragility, we carry the light of God. That is major because just as the cracks in a vase allow light to shine through, our vulnerabilities can reveal our inner strength. They can reveal how God shows up through us. We can reveal how God shows up through us. We can show people how to handle the storms in their life with the way that we show up and handle our storms. Paul's words encourage us to embrace these cracks, embrace our imperfections, and recognize that even in our fragility, we can still be a source of strength for someone else. Next, we're going to be reading Psalm 44, where we hear a sincere prayer to God. Now, the person who wrote this psalm remembers that they're remembering how God helped them in the past, but they're venting about how things are going very wrong right now. They are not afraid to tell God how they feel. We see this time and time again in the Psalms. Even if they're confused or angry, they are letting God know. Sometimes we feel like that's 
too. We don't understand why things happen and we wonder where God is, why he's allowing these things to happen and when he's going to show up and make it all better. But Psalm 44 shows us that it's okay for us to be honest with God, to be real with him, to ask him the questions and tell him our feelings. He already knows what's in our hearts anyway, so there's no reason to try to hide it from him. When we do that, when we're raw, when we're real, when we're honest, we make room for God to come closer to us. In our vulnerability, we create space for God's presence to meet us right where we are. And then Proverbs 22 speaks of the power of our circle. It talks about the influence our company can have on our lives. Your circle matters. You are the company you keep. And trust me, that is more than just a catchy phrase. Surround yourself with those who are lifting you higher, who are sharpening your edges like the diamonds that you are. Growth is a team sport. So take a look around. Is your squad helping you rise and shine? This passage and Proverbs here is a reminder that as we strive to become our best selves, our relationships play an integral role in our journey. All right, y'all, I think that's enough of an overview. Let's get into these verses, Job chapters 34 through 36, New English translation, Elihu's second speech. Elihu answered, Listen to my words, you wise men. Hear me, you learned men. For the ear assesses words as the mouth tastes food. Let us evaluate for ourselves what is right. Let us come to know among ourselves what is good. For Job says, I am innocent, but God turns away my right. Concerning my right, should I lie? My wound is incurable, although I am without transgression. Who is there like Job, who drinks derision like water? He goes about in company with evildoers. He goes along with wicked men. For he says, it does not profit a man when he makes his delight with God. God is not unjust. Therefore, listen to me, you men of understanding. Far be it from God to do wickedness, from the Almighty to do evil. For he repays a person for his work, and according to the conduct of a person, he causes the consequences to find him. Indeed, in truth, God does not act wickedly, and the Almighty does not pervert justice. Who entrusted to him the earth? And who put him over the whole world? If God were to set his heart on it and gather in his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together and human beings would return to dust. God is impartial and omniscient. If you have understanding, listen to this. Hear what I have to say. Do you really think that one who hates justice can govern? And will you declare guilty the supremely righteous one? Who says to a king, worthless man, and to nobles, wicked men, who shows no partiality to princes, and does not take note of the rich more than the poor, because all of them are the work of his hands. In a moment they die, in the middle of the night people are shaken and they pass away. The mighty are removed effortlessly, for his eyes are on the ways of an individual. He observes all a person's steps. There is no darkness and no deep darkness where evildoers can hide themselves. For he does not still consider a person that he should come before God in judgment. He shatters the great without inquiry and sets up others in their place. Therefore, he knows their deeds. He overthrows them in the night and they are crushed. He strikes them for their wickedness in a place where people can see because they have turned away from following him and have not understood any of his ways. 
so that they caused the cry of the poor to come before him, so that he hears the cry of the needy. But if God is quiet, who can condemn him? If he hides his face, then who can see him? Yet he is over the individual and the nation alike, so that the godless man should not rule and not lay snares for the people. Job is foolish to rebel. Has anyone said to God, I have endured chastisement, but I will not act wrongly anymore? Teach me what I cannot see. If I have done evil, I will do so no more. Is it your opinion that God should recompense it because you reject this? But you must choose and not I, so tell us what you know. Men of understanding may say to me, any wise man listening to me says, that Job speaks without knowledge and his words are without understanding. But Job will be tested to the end because his answers are like those of wicked men, for he adds transgression to his sin in our midst. He claps his hands and multiplies his words against God. Elihu's Third Speech Then Elihu answered, Do you think this to be just when you say my right before God? But you say, What will it profit you? And what do I gain by not sinning? I will reply to you and to your friends with you. Gaze at the heavens and see. Consider the clouds which are higher than you. If you sin, how does it affect God? If your transgressions are many, what does it do to him? If you are righteous, what do you give to God or what does he receive from your hand? Your wickedness affects only a person like yourself and your righteousness only other people. People cry out because of the excess of oppression. They cry out for help because of the power of the mighty. But no one says, where is God my creator, who gives songs in the night, who teaches us more than the wild animals of the earth and makes us wiser than the birds of the sky. Then they cry out, but he does not answer because of the arrogance of the wicked. Surely it is an empty cry. God does not hear it. The Almighty does not take notice of it. How much less then, when you say that you do not perceive him, that the case is before him and you are waiting for him. And further, when you say that his anger does not punish and that he does not know transgression, so Job opens his mouth to no purpose. Without knowledge, he multiplies words. Elihu's fourth speech. Elihu said further, Be patient with me a little longer and I will instruct you, for I still have words to speak on God's behalf. With my knowledge, I will speak comprehensively, and to my Creator, I will ascribe righteousness. For in truth, my words are not false. It is one complete in knowledge who is with you. Indeed, God is mighty, and He does not despise people. He is mighty and firm in His intent. He does not allow the wicked to live, but He gives justice to the poor. He does not take His eyes off the righteous, but with kings on the throne, He seats the righteous and exalts them forever. But if they are bound in chains and held captive by the cords of affliction, then he reveals to them what they have done and their transgressions that they were behaving proudly. And he reveals this for correction and says that they must turn from evil. If they obey and serve him, they live out their days in prosperity and their years in pleasantness. But if they refuse to listen, they pass over the river of death and expire without knowledge. The godless at heart nourish anger. They do not cry out even when he binds them. They die in their youth and their life ends among the male cultic prostitutes. 
He delivers the afflicted by their afflictions. He reveals himself to them by their suffering. And surely he drew you from the mouth of distress to a wide place unrestricted and to the comfort of your table filled with rich food. But now you are preoccupied with the judgment due the wicked. Judgment and justice take hold of you. Be careful that no one entices you with riches. Do not let a large bribe turn you aside. Would your wealth sustain you so that you would not be in distress even all your mighty efforts? Do not long for the cover of night to drag people away from their homes. Take heed, do not turn to evil, for because of this you have been tested by affliction. Indeed, God is exalted in his power. Who is a teacher like him? Who has prescribed his ways for him? Or said to him, you have done what is wicked. Remember to extol his work, which people have praised in song. All humanity has seen it. People gaze on it from afar. The work and wisdom of God. Yes, God is great beyond our knowledge. The number of his years is unsearchable. He draws up drops of water. They distill the rain into its mist, which the clouds pour down and shower on humankind abundantly. Who can understand the spreading of the clouds, the thunderings of his pavilion? See how he scattered his lightning about him. He has covered the depths of the sea. It is by these that he judges the nations and supplies food in abundance. With his hands, he covers the lightning and directs it against its target. His thunder announces the coming storm, the cattle also concerning the storm's approach. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1-12 through 12. Paul's Perseverance in Ministry Therefore, since we have this ministry, just as God has shown us mercy, we do not become discouraged, but we have rejected shameful hidden deeds, not behaving with deceptiveness or distorting the word of God, but by open proclamation of the truth, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience before God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing, among whom the God of this age has blinded the minds of those who do not believe, so they would not see the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, is the one who shined in our hearts to give us the light of the glorious knowledge of God in the face of Christ, an eternal weight of glory. But we have this treasure in clay jars, so that the extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are experiencing trouble on every side, but are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are knocked down, but not destroyed. Always carrying around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our body. For we who are alive are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our mortal body. As a result, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Psalm 44, verses 1 through 8. For the music director, by the Korahites, a well-written song. O oh God, we have clearly heard. Our ancestors have told us what you did in their days, in ancient times. You, by your power, defeated nations and settled our fathers on their land. 
You crushed the people living there and enabled our ancestors to occupy it. For they did not conquer the land by their swords, and they did not prevail by their strength, but rather by your power, strength, and good favor, for you were partial to them. You are my king, O God, decree Jacob's deliverance. By your power we will drive back our enemies, by your strength we will trample down our foes. For I do not trust in my bow, and I do not prevail by my sword. For you deliver us from our enemies, you humiliate those who hate us. In God we boast all day long, and we continually give thanks to your name. Salah. Proverbs 22 verses 10 through 12. Drive out the scorner and contention will leave. Stripe and insults will cease. The one who loves a pure heart and whose speech is gracious, the king will be his friend. The eyes of the Lord watched over a cause and subverted the words of the treacherous person. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are a trusted confident and a solid anchor in the sometimes tumultuous sea of life. Lord, like Job, we have all known the taste of desperation, depression, and desolation, so sharp and bitter on our tongues. But you, always wise, always patient, teach us that perspective. Thank you, Holy Spirit, is an adjustable lens with a gentle twist, a tweak of humility here, a turn of surrender there. Lord, we can see clearly, unobscured by what we're going through. Suddenly, Lord, when we change our perspective, the vistas open, revealing a wider world with more potential and more possibilities, a bigger God. Lord, we see you for who you are. Lord, you are so much bigger than our circumstances, stories, and situations. And Lord, we thank you for this revelation. We are so humbled to know, God, that you are the greatest potter and that you chose to sculpt us as delicate clay vessels to carry the world's most precious treasure, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, our cracks, the very imperfections that we try to hide are what illuminates your light, allowing it to shine through us so the world can see your glory. And we thank you for choosing us. We thank you for using us. May we never forget that we belong to you. We are yours wholly, fully, and completely. Lord, we thank you that your grace covers even our deepest, darkest flaws, faults, and failures. And as we grapple with our vulnerabilities, help us to trust in your strength, which is made perfect in our weaknesses. Lord, we also lift up those who are struggling, those who are lost and searching for answers in this confusing and chaotic world. Lord, we want your light to shine in their lives, illuminate their path and lead them towards you. Use us to lead them and may they find comfort in your loving embrace and may they find hope in your promises of eternal life. And Lord, as we go about our day today, we ask for your wisdom and guidance to go before us. Help us to make decisions that honor you and reflect your love to everyone we come into contact with today. Lord, we want nothing more than to live a life that brings glory to your holy name. But we know that if we seek first your kingdom, we'll have everything we need and all that we want. Lord, we will have meaning, purpose, peace, joy, love, fulfillment. Lord, all that we need comes from you. All good things come from you. Lord, we thank you for being such a good God, for being such a faithful God. And we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who shed his blood so that we might be saved from eternal damnation. 
And all the people of God said together, Amen. And our affirmation for today, I am free. I refuse to let my perspective limit me or hold me back. I am free. I refuse to let my perspective limit me or hold me back. And our aphorism, your perspective can be your prison or your power. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this sacred sojourn with me. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you. And if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.